The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined this week, as always, by Jerry Karaya. And what a week it has been, Jerry. Even we're taping on Friday, but man, the last 24 hours in precious metals has just been a bit of a wild ride. Um, you know, we I guess it, it started with some comments from the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, but we... We had some nice movement up in silver yesterday, um, getting close to $23, but we got right into the $22 range. Gold smacked higher. All of a sudden, it was into the high $1,700 range. This morning, uh, I booked an order last night before, before leaving. Okay. I sent an email to the client saying, listen, you know, if it, if it goes up, I'll do my best to, you know, try to, give some discounts and try to keep the price where it is price came down this morning smack like just a smackdown first thing in the morning the line just goes straight down on the charts um i don't even know exactly what the prices went to but you know silver went into the low i think maybe just below 22 again Mm -hmm. i rebooked the order he Mm -hmm. comes in this afternoon to pay and the price is up to over 23 dollars on on silver and gold's broken over 1800 and i said but I rebooked it for him this morning because it went lower. He must have been so happy. Yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, he's already you well, know, well well on his way. So congratulations yeah. to our new client. Congrats. Um, in the precious metals market, both gold and silver, by the way. And so now here we are. Gold is up 4.7% on the year in Canadian dollars and down only 1.4% in U.S. dollars. Now, if you want to be really impressed, go look at the Japanese yen. Gold's up 16% in Japanese yen. British pounds, it's up 8.9%. In the euro, it's up 67 So it's doing quite well. And just before we jumped on air, Jerry, you pointed out to that gold was up 7% in November and 3.5% this week alone. So some major moves happening right now in the market. Now, if we go to silver... Silver, again, is now positive in Canadian dollars. It's up 3.5%. Again, if you want to be impressed, look at uh, Japanese yen. It's up 14.6. British pound up 7.6. Euro up 5.5. And just doing really well all around the world. In U.S. dollars, it's down only 2.5%. So we have to keep in mind and keep that context of how is it doing everywhere else but the U.S. dollar because it does seem that the Fed wants to support the U.S. dollar, not necessarily the economy. Perhaps it's a a conversation we'll get into. But again, as you pointed before the show, silver moved up 13% in November and 11% this week alone. So things can happen very, very quick in the market. Your impression on this week's big moves? Just um, exactly what I anticipated. Um, the U.S. dollar index, as a result, Jerome Powell spoke this week. Um, he did go on about inflation and how the Federal Federal Reserve interest rate hikes could finally be starting to slow down. This downshifting is occurring. And as a result, the famous U.S. dollar index, which is the U.S. dollar versus a basket of major currencies, 
I started to dip to the support level of 106. And as it was testing 106, I started drawing my resistance, resistance lines. And I saw that if this breaks below 106, uh, then precious metals, this is a very, this will bode very well for precious metals because remember, gold and silver are negatively correlated to the US dollar index. As soon as he spoke, he, he mentioned something about inflation. He said that, and I quote, the truth is that the path in, ahead for inflation remains highly uncertain. The problem with this is if you are downshifting on interest rate hikes. Because the economy is a car. Because, because it's a car. Yes, it's a massive you just jalopy. Need to, you just need to shift here. It's a jalopy. Change the tires. And rev it up. He's, they're not going to tackle inflation. They're going to okay. let inflation go. And this doesn't bode well for the entire market. I mean, at first, the share markets had started to advance, but then it sold off. The same with the crypto space. The one beneficiary of all of this was gold and silver. And the US dollar index, back to that, broke down below 106. We're now under 105. We're in the 104s. We've got to keep an eye out to the 102 region. And then if we break below the 100 region, that's it. That's the down the, the, the ele down the elevator shaft, the U.S. dollar index goes, and precious metals will explode a lot higher. So for those who have been following the Real Money Show throughout 2022 knows that this is a story that we've been eyeing regarding what will the Fed do. The raising interest rates means you're putting focus on the dollar. You're trying to keep the dollar strong. The, the dollar index was really strong. And here we are into the last leg of the year, and all of a sudden, it seems like the Fed is is noting that the pivot's coming, that they're slowing down the interest rate yeah. rise, and also that maybe they're turning their attention from trying to protect the dollar as much to, okay, we have one spinning plate of the dollar, and then we have another spinning plate of the economy. Mm -hmm. And if we keep raising rates and just focusing on the strength of the US dollar spinning plate, or rather not letting it, not letting fall. it fall, <laughs> we're going to lose the economy. So what do you think? Do you think maybe there's, um, they're turning their attention more to the economy than mm -hmm. maybe the strength of the dollar for the time being? Yeah, they're Definitely follow. They have to look at both spinning plates, as you mentioned. That was great. The third spinning plate, I think, came came to light this week for us Canadians, which was that the central, the Canadian central bank, reported a massive five hundred and twenty-two million dollar loss in the third quarter. This is the first loss ever in the history of central banking here in Canada. We reported this last week, a couple weeks ago, with the Federal Reserve now showing operating losses. The problem when you have that much debt. In your system, the central bank has printed a massive amount of currency since 2020. Currency, paper, no gold in Canada. So yeah. this is it. You're now losing the very entity, the institution that prints taxpayer debt money, currency, is now losing money. It's a clown show. You, you're printing the money and you're losing at the same time. What are your thoughts on that, Jeremy? Well, I think you teed up your own subject there because you've been telling um, the audience about how the Fed is now at a point where they're going to be losing money because they've raised interest rates too too high. Or at a certain point, they start losing money as they raise interest rates. And then here we are, we find out that the Bank of Canada is losing is losing money. And you mentioned to me earlier in the day that this is not something that's being 
a lot of Canadians don't know about, that, that it's really making head, headlines and that people are being aware of it. I guess my question is, if you ask me what do I think of it, I guess I wonder what kind of credibility that gives to central banks. And I'm more interested in the wake up of how this kind of monetary wake up, if you will, of people understanding what currency is versus money and how they're losing it all the time to inflation and taxation mm -hmm. and being able to understand how these central banks work to rob you of your purchasing power. So I guess to me, I hope that this puts a spotlight on the central banks and how uh, inept they've become and how they're at the end of their they're at the end of their mathematical limits in That's terms right. of what they can do. So yes, no wonder they want to get you to a digital backed uh, currency because yes. the only thing left when you've completely lost is control. It's like a bad breakup. It's like, but I did this for you, but I did that for you. Uh, I'm still kind of thinking we're over. Mm -hmm. You can't. <laughs> exactly. I own this. It's, you, you like that car? I bought that car. For, you know, it's, it's mine. It's, it's mine. It's all mine. And, and it's this like last attempt at control over, over your freedom. And hey, if you're looking at what's going on in China right now, you got to be thinking, thinking twice about how quickly you want, uh, the government to control every aspect of your life. Yeah. You know, yellow cards, red cards. Did you hear about this? You get a yellow card in China and that's it. You, mm -hmm. you can't even go home. Goodness. Can't I even, even go home. That. Yeah. I know it's, it's bad. I didn't know it was that bad. You can't go to your own abode yeah, to rest your head. It's pretty crazy. So, and you know, from, from our standpoint, you look at, you know, where, where these, um, kind of rioting started and protests started is, um, with iPhones or at the Apple factory and you say, okay, well, this is, this is a problem. If you, if you have all of your goods dependent on a communist society, mm -hmm. um, these are the things that can go wrong. That you're you you won't get your goods. Yeah, maybe they're locking down for zero COVID policies. Maybe they're locking. Maybe they're um, they're protesting their freedoms and all of a sudden, you know. There's these are the problems when you when you outsource everything. And so mm -hmm. I guess the question becomes how do you how do you combat that? Where does gold and silver lay in all that? And I think it's it's about the overall economy, and I think outsourcing your labor is a way to stave off the fact that things have gotten so expensive. Why have things gotten so expensive? Oh, well, you've been printing money, and so the, you've been stealing our purchasing power, and so you outsource to try to keep it cheap, mm -hmm. and now we're at the end of limits of that. That's right. And so, again, if you can go back to an economy that has sound money, or at least people knowledgeable of sound money, then then there's a responsibility there and give the businesses a chance to, to do well. And mm -hmm. you'll see that people won't need $500 paychecks from the government Absolutely to sit at not. home and smoke weed. That's right. We are going to be taking back control when you step aside of the centralization and decentralize with an asset like physical precious metals. You're just, you're doing just that. You're not participating in the centralization. You're disconnecting yourselves and your wealth from the centralization. And I can get into the, um, the, the Bank of Canada response in the next seg segment by the C.D. Howe Institute. They came out with a report on why the Bank of Canada is now losing money and what to do about it in the next, in the next segment.
And so the number is one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. These debts seem like they don't matter until they do. You want to think about having physical gold and silver. You can do that by contacting us and going to the website. This is The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. We're talking about de-digitizing your wealth, protecting your personal sovereignty, and, and of course, the benefits of owning gold and silver. Those are just two, but of course, it's also incredibly undervalued now. Even with high premiums, there's still so much further to go in terms of its value against the debts in the world, and hopefully we'll get into some numbers on that. But it's all about owning physical, and the best place to start is just buying a little bit, getting a sense of how this market works, seeing what it feels like to have an ounce of gold or a 10-ounce bar of silver in your hand. And you can do that by going to our e-store at guildhallpreciousmetals.com. And then if you wanted to have some in your physical in your portfolio, we offer it within registered accounts. So maybe you have a, a lira that you're not using or a riff that you know is being managed by someone and you want to make a change. You want to start to diversify into actual physical metal. Remember, when you own physical, there's no counterparty risk. That product is sitting in a vault in your own sub-account that's in a vault outside the banking system but in your registered account. It doesn't get better than that. And I think that there was something that came out, an article that came out the other day about uh, something not having redemptions. Because that's a big problem going forward if the market starts to fall down, that all of a sudden, Jerry, these mutual funds and whatnot, or, or ETFs can say, no redemptions, mm-hmm. sorry. Yes, you own gold, but you can't take anything. You can't sell it, period, bye. That's it. You need that independence from that potential illiquidity in in the market. And it was actually the Blackstone's a $69 billion real estate fund says it will limit redemption requests after breaching limits this quarter, Jeremy. That doesn't sound very good at all. And this is why individuals are not participating in these types of asset classes anymore. Gone are those, those days of diversifying with stock, bonds, and cash, and REITs. People don't want to participate in that type of market. And they're looking to diversify in precious metals. And one way to do that, as you mentioned, is in the registered plans. And to find out on how to do that, um, we, we are holding Zoom presentations. Um, I want you to get in touch with us, request your own 50-minute Zoom presentation for yourself and your family, your partner, and learn together. It's a very important time. It's a very important topic to take the wheel for yourself for your wealth. But we were talking about the the Bank of Canada and yes. the news is just becoming more mainstream about Bank of Canada losing half a billion in the third quarter alone. This is massive. This is historic. And it's become mainstream. And it was reported by the C.D. Howe Institute, which is an independent, not-for-profit research institute, widely widely considered to be Canada's most influential think tank. They talked about why the Bank of Canada is losing money and what they're going to do about it in one way of... In the report, it talks about the bank's balance sheet will stay oversized because its quantitative tightening strategy to rein in high inflation involves simply letting maturing, get this, maturing government debt roll off the balance sheet. (laughs) Roll off to where, Jeremy? You can't just roll off debt. 
It has to go somewhere. We have to, and they remind us Canadians what happened. The Bank of Canada's balance sheet ballooned from just over $120 billion in early March 2020, that was the beginning of COVID, the lockdowns, to a peak of $575 billion one year later in March of 2021, largely a consequence consequence of the bank's quantitative easing, the money printing. Yeah, and what did people get for it? What Nothing. did people get for the money printing? They were forced to stay home, um, you know, eat Uber Eats, gain 10 pounds. I guess the LCBO made a lot of money. It, it brings me to the, uh, the, the important point of moral hazard. Um, there was a quote written by Charlie Munger of Berkshire Hathaway. Show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcome. Moral hazard is a core concept of sound money policies, Austrian economics, which describes how individuals and businesses can receive misleading economic incentives. Did we receive any of those bailout money, Jeremy? Did we get any of this stimulus? Hardly. Well, yeah, no, people were people were given some money. D- I mean, I'm sure payments. if you did the math on how many hundreds of billions that they that they created out of out of thin air, that a mere fraction went to people to not open their restaurants and to just stay at home. I'm sure it's a mere fraction of what they what they actually printed. So I don't know where it went. That's right. Back in 09, when banks on the brink of collapse were bailed out with public money, leverage led to outsized profits in the in the good times, but losses were literally socialized by the crash. Crash by increasing their risk profile, bank executives were able to pay themselves generous bonuses and stock options. No bankers went to jail. Barely of any of them lost their jobs, and the circus rolls on. Fast forward to now. Without, without the real threat of bankruptcy and executives going to jail, there is little reason to save for a rainy day. Another example was the bailout of the airlines in the wake of 2020 pandemic scare. On, on March 27th, the U.S. Congress approved $25 billion in taxpayer dollars to prop up 10 major airlines. So, so again, socializing losses is what you're saying. So why does this really matter? In the words of Charlie Munger of Berkshire Hathaway, show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcome. Central banks, the governments that enable them, and the politicians seeking re-election in the n- in near future all have incentives to devalue their currency and to reduce the purchasing power of everyday savers like you and I. There is no incentive for them to institute long-term reforms and to take the pain away in the short term for the benefit of the system in whole. We often talk about kicking the can down the road. The only problem is we may be reaching that end of the road now. One scenario is that, it de- at that, is that deposits in banks are bailed in or their value is severely reduced when transitioning from the old system to a new. Whatever that new monetary regime may be, when banks looked like going under in the great financial crisis, the Canadian government gave a guarantee. But since then, the, since then, the bail-in laws that have been implemented have ensured that in the next liquidity crisis, and that's knocking on the door now, it's become mainstream as well, that the final victim will be the unsecured creditor, in this case, you and I, the bank depositor with a savings account. And this is one way of not participating in that. If you do not want to participate in this type of law, you need to get out, but diversify, crawl, walk, run, as you mentioned, Jeremy. But this is a this is the moment where you want to take a little bit bigger of a chunk of your portfolio and park it into something safe that has the tremendous potential of gold and silver. Yeah, and I think that that it's not just the protection; it's also it's also the 
potential of where the market can go. Because if you look at all you have to do, literally all you have to do is look at the premiums. If the premiums are as high as they are, it's because there's a lack of supply and too much demand. And the paper price isn't reflecting that. So you already know it's completely undervalued. You know that silver is, is that the cost of production is just under $20. Mm -hmm. Even if you said, okay, fine, it's $17 or $18, you know you're at the bottom of the market. And right. when you look at the debts in the world, you say, okay, there's, there's 300 plus, $300 trillion in debts, not including unfunded liability, and there's only 5 billion ounces of gold above ground, and there's only 2 billion ounces of silver. I mean, you got problems. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can tell. It's like trying to fit an elephant into a mouse in terms of what is going to happen when people start panicking into the market. Now, we've always said our biggest contention is that when people decide, when the masses want to get involved in this market because they've, they've completely run out of choices and the safe haven that they've always known about mm – -hmm that they put around people's necks at the Olympics and all, and that every trophy's made out of, et cetera, they're going to realize that's what I need. I need the actual asset. I need to get out of this system. I need to get my cash, take my currency and put it somewhere where it's going to be safe. Are you going to be able to get any? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be available? It's already tight. Yeah. So that's, that's something that we have to consider, but that's just to show the absolute incredible potential in the market that, $10,000 gold can absolutely happen. That $20,000 gold could happen. You know, it depends on what the value of the dollar is. So um, I wanted to, speaking of, of currencies, Jerry, I wanted to uh, bring up a quick thing I saw um, about cash versus digital. All right. Because, you know, we're kind of talking a lot about keeping keeping currency in the bank versus cash versus gold. And in this, in that article you mentioned about Charlie Munger saying, you know, show me the motivations. Let me, let me just, let's talk about that a little bit. So I found this post on telegram and I want to share it. It says, why, why should we pay cash everywhere with banknotes instead of a card? It says I have a $50 banknote in my pocket, going to a restaurant and paying for dinner with it. The restaurant owner then uses it uh, to pay uh, for laundry, let's say. The laundry owner then uses it to pay the barber. The barber will then use it for shopping. After an unlimited number of payments and exchanging hands, etc., it, it will still remain a $50 bill. Still a 50 mm. Which has fulfilled its purpose to everyone who used it for payment. And the bank has... has jumped dry from every cash payment transaction made. But if I come to a restaurant and pay digitally with a card, there's bank fees for my payment transaction, which are charged to the seller. They could be 3% or a buck 50 a transaction, or even if you said pennies per transaction. And so will the fee of a hundred of a dollar fifty for every further transaction payment made to the laundry, made to the owner of the laundry shop, made to the barber, etc. In other words, the more transactions you make digitally, there are transaction fees somewhere. Someone's paying for it, whether the owner of the shop is paying for it or whether it's a you know straight out transaction fee. And that's something that's changing now with inflation. Companies companies are saying, sorry, we have to charge a transaction fee. We're, mm -hmm. we're no longer going to eat the transaction fees. Right. 
I'll continue. Therefore, after 30 transactions, at least in this example, the initial $50 will remain only $5 and the remaining $45 became the property of the bank thanks to all the digital transactions and fees. Now you've got your motivation. Why would banks want you not want cash? Well, because they don't make money on cash. They make money on fees and they can turn the $50 into four bucks Mm -hmm. or they could change it into $10. Depends on, but you know that the more that $50 moves around, the less it's worth. That's right. To, in terms of the digital. So of course they want you to be in digital if they're going to grab fees all, all the way along. It's genius. I mean, so here's what's, here's what's very interesting. I, I, I saw that this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then a couple days later, this pops up. Cash must be king. Georgia, uh, Georgia Maloney tells shoppers, the new prime minister of Italy, she's saying, let's make it a trend. Let's use cash whenever we can. Yes. Right? The 1984 utopian control freak socialists hate cash because they have trouble tracking it. Okay, mm-hmm. they can't track it, but they also can't take fees. Mm-hmm. This is the importance of, this is something to consider of like Man. why we should all be using cash. Absolutely. And she hits the nail right on the head. It's about participation. Where are you participating in your, with your money? Are you using cash? And as much as we um, are cognizant of the depreciation of cash and paper, the very paper that you have in your wallet, it's still very useful. Um, it's still a, a tool against the, the digitization of everything and centralization of everything. We but, have to use the cash. But think about it. If, if all those transaction fees are going to a bank, whereas if we're using cash, we're keeping it in the community. Yes. Imagine how Local. many billions could be saved on transaction fees if we all just decided, well, let's just use a little bit of cash. We know we can't use it every day, but let's try to use a little bit more and 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 not pay those fees out. Absolutely. As a community, not pay those fees. Mm. Yeah, my vote is for her, definitely. I like the I like the encouragement and I think I'm gonna adopt that locally myself with my family. Yeah. But of course that's currency. We want to talk about money and the importance of having money in your possession, and that's physical gold and physical silver. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come on The Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Now, our listeners might remember we were talking uh, not too far a, a while back about Georgia taking a whole bunch of money away from BlackRock because of their um, ESG policies, their environmental, social governance policies. And they literally pulled out a couple billion, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back to the show to listen to it, but I remember the articles. It was like, yeah, they're pulling money out. Well, guess what? Florida just pulled out two billion from BlackRock in the largest anti-ESG divestment. I guess Georgia was probably about a billion, or was it mm-hmm. half a billion, or something? It was. It was a very large amount. Florida's doubled down on it. Yeah. Um, where's Greta Thun- Thun- Thunberg or yeah, whatever? She's been retired. Oh, did they, she they retire? In, they brought in a new girl. Oh, very, much younger. Well, what it, she, she's doing a, a, a not such a good job at helping these these states understand the importance of of why they need to be giving all these money to mm-hmm. 
environmental things. Was she on the panel this week in in New York with that panel with uh, Sam Bankman-Fried and... Yeah, I don't feel. Do you do you feel bad that this guy's only got a hundred grand in the bank, or or the fact that (laughs) he's still free? He's still free, exactly. Speaking and and getting applause, applause, uh, applause in in these uh, in these presentations. Look, he he did what he did. Um, Obviously, a puppet with regards to how FTX came about with their money, um, the funds that were propped up in FTX to prop up the firm, and where the money went. you know, the truth is now coming to light. You cannot suppress the truth. And we'll see how this goes. Yeah, but okay, so the, what's interesting about this headline from Florida is this idea of divesting and reallocating the assets, saying, I'm going to vote with my pocketbook and I'm going to divest of this. And that's really what we're about. We're saying, listen, you should have 10, 15% allocated in precious metals because they are negatively correlated to the dollar. And so if you want to be properly diversified, you want some negatively correlated assets. You want a little bit of a hedge. Mm -hmm. And gold and silver being physical assets, being there's a, a limited quantity. They're essentially indestructible in a way. They don't erode. They don't corrode. And they've been around for thousands of years as money. That's a lot of safety. Mm-hmm. That's a that especially in a in a world where we don't know how big the, any fall could be. We don't know where the next Bankman Freed is going to come from. Well, I mean, there. did Michael Saylor do his research and say we need to watch out on cryptocurrencies because there's this guy out there, Bankman Freed, and his FTX are going to implode soon? Right. I mean, this guy was apparently a very smart person. You just don't know where this volatility is going to come from. Mm-hmm, exactly. And that's why you want the safe havens of these physical assets that you hold. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any claim on them except you. It's an, it's an undigitized asset. There's nothing wrong with having an investment. We're not saying we're a panacea. Mm-hmm. It's not an end-all, be-all. But certainly having a diversification of physical metals can be important. Mm-hmm. What say you, Jerry? 100%. Um, you know, as we we're just looking at various places to put money and to put wealth, there are, um, you know, there's a report that came out um, that was sent to me for November, end of November. It's from the Safe Wealth, it's from Stillmont, which is the Safe Wealth Management Report by Safe Wealth Consultants. They're consultants in Switzerland and they come out with a monthly. And according to the editorial, the editor, he writes, this month's issue is quite possibly the most significant we have ever penned. Please read it accordingly. The question is, viewed on a worldwide basis, are investors ready for Great Depression too? And the answer is to investors need to carry the, the, the most reliable way to capture the degree of concern investors carry is to look at where they have allocated their capital. There's $258 trillion of global capital, all the money in the world going into residential properties. There's no surprise there. Then you have debt securities that follow with $123 trillion. Equity holdings are at $109 trillion. Then there's land, $35 trillion. Agricultural land, that is. Commercial real estate of $32 trillion. And gold, $12.1. Now, such investors have chosen to really pile into these financial holdings, really you know, ballooning financial paper holdings and allocations to a point where it's become unsustainable. And this type of strategy is 
is one that they write that will not survive the Great Depression number two and its un- upcoming fury. Such investors that have chosen to convince themselves that their assets, stock, bonds, cash, REITs, are prudently diversified. But, if they, and, but they write, if we may say so, this view is pure ru- rubbish, if only because the underlying assets are all connected to the very same umbilical cord system, fiat currencies. Nevertheless, they write, as the report makes utterly clear, gold and silver are likely facing a very significant increase in their worth through their adjusted global pricing to come. Why? Because contrary opinion investing has arrived. This time, according to the report, when a vast majority of the invested in those real estate and the bonds and the stocks come to lighten up that portion, they will jump into precious metals. The participation of all of those trillions that jump into a very small, finite market of physical investable gold. It's a very small market in gold. But when you jump in with all of that sloshed money around, the gold disappears as well. You have, um, you know, but here's 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 a, a caveat on that: is the importance of actual physical metal. Yes, because you know a report like this, many people are going to read that and say, "Oh, okay, I'll get the ETF. I'll pick up an ETF." And the problems, the problem with having those type of paper, quote unquote, investments is you're diverting money away from from the actual physical and that's what we need is people to buy the physical because that's what's going to break the market that's what's going to push this market way way higher if you have an off-ramp if you have a steam valve on the pressure cooker to go into paper Mm -hmm. then you're not going to be helping the situation and which is the ultimate benefit of the price of gold and silver Mm -hmm. rising right absolutely and they do make very clear that they are mentioning physical precious metals on a grand scale because contrary opinion investing has arrived and it's very much like florida and georgia they chose to be the on the contrary you want to collapse the oil industry for the furtherance of electric cars and the electric and green revolution that is unsustainable they chose not to participate they chose the con- on the contrary to pull their funds out of blackrock rightly so the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. You want physical best place to start? Contact us. Guildhallwealth.com. We'll help you. We'll show you how it works. You know, if you have some questions, coins versus bars, what's a better product to purchase? That's what we do here. We help, we walk you through, we educate every single client about how it all works, what's the best way to go. Um, we really care about our clients. We want them to feel comfortable about what they're doing. And don't forget, we also hold Zoom calls. So give us a call. We can uh, see if we're scheduling with one that we're doing a group with or do one um, one-on-one. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. Last segment coming right up. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Thanks for sticking with us. We've discussed the fact that it's been... Um, an interesting year in precious metals and we're going to do a wrap-up show in the next couple weeks of course we will but you know the market started out very strong 
we the the ukraine situation and russia started to happen in i think early march and the markets went up and then that was sort of the peak of the year and then we've been meandering all year and at the same time the fed's been raising interest rates so we've been sort of tied to the us dollar in many respects and it's not normally so one to one or 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 binary binary is that but that's been the case it's been well dollars up gold and silver are down and we knew that it would end. We knew that the, that we always talked about that there'd be a pivot coming down the road, that there would be talk about maybe slowing down or, or, or they would break the market and something would happen. But we definitely started to see the Fed has pulled back on their rhetoric that they're looking to slow down the interest rates, maybe turn their attention perhaps towards the economy more than anything. And perhaps they feel like they've done their job and protected the dollar as much as they can. And then bang. This, this past week in the markets, throughout November, silver moved up 13%. This week alone, it's up 11%. Gold was up 7% in November, up 3.5% this week alone. So we've had some big, big moves in the market. It's, it's green in every currency except US dollar and gold and silver are just on the cusp of breaking even for the year. So th- this is a really good performance at the end of the at the end of the day when we look at it in a, a year perspective and it's not over so hey maybe up maybe down but at, as far as we stand today Jerry it's performed quite well on the backdrop of protect the dollar at all mm-hmm. costs. Yeah. Very resilient. It didn't uh, stop people coming in and purchasing precious metals. People saw right through the hawkish stance that the Federal Reserve and uh, and Jabo and Jerome Powell tried to talk up the U.S. dollar as much as possible, but they've run out of time. The U.S. Federal Reserve is ready to do another round of uh, rate hikes coming up uh, shortly next week or the week after, rather. And, um, you know, they've already priced in 50 basis points, which is less than 75 and but we'll see. We'll see what happens if the if they only do seventy five. That can really be upsetting to the U.S. dollar, as that was already priced in and anticipated. But the potential right now, it looks like silver and gold. Every rate hike that happens, that pretty much we're getting closer to the very end of it all, the very pivot that we're all anticipating. And then, so another theme that that we've explored on the show and that we're we're starting to look at right now is this idea of central bank losses. So you've discussed the fact that at a certain interest rate, the Fed's going to start losing losing money. And now we have the Bank of Canada losing billions of dollars. You know, how how did it come to this? And what is supposed to happen when the banks, when the central banks, which are the bank of last resort, are, are now losing money? I mean, where is this supposed to be leading us to? Mm-hmm. I mean, how how is the everyday person supposed to absorb that information, Jerry, and say, oh, our central banks are losing money? Well, that I, couldn't have a bad effect on my life, could it? I think that's what drove a caller this, this morning. She called in and she's like, I heard about the loss and that, that, that had it for me. This is the very entity that prints our money that's responsible for the inflation and keeping employment up. If they're, if they're losing job, jobs and, and Canadians are, are, you know, their dollars are stretched thin, we can't afford certain things, we can't afford monthly payments. It's causing Canadians to wake up and get off the fence for the first time ever. She had it in the back of her mind and she kind of figured that something was wrong. But uh, kudos to people who are getting involved, who are taking the wheel for themselves with their wealth, and they're getting into precious metals. But people are seeing through it, Jeremy. We're not, you know, we're not 
if you're if you're an investor and you have tens and fifteen thousand dollars, you're doing something right. You've been saving, you've been prudent. You, if you've invested and to have more, you know you're savvy, you're smart, and you know you're taking your money and you're putting into something with potential like precious metals. It's a it's a very wise thing to do. And I've always said as well that silver as savings that we've seen the war on cash for a decade plus. We've seen it since we started the show. We we've, we've preached about how inflation is stealing your purchasing power. It's only just now something that people can see within their everyday life when they go to buy groceries or anything that they're doing. They can see it. They feel it. They know the inflation's really there as opposed to the stealth inflation. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a difference because now it's uncloaked. Now the inflation's uncloaked and, and the robbing of the purchasing power is right there out in the yeah. open. And, you know, they're, and they're being told all sorts of reasons and being gaslit and all sorts of reasons, except for the fact that literally it's just, you print money, mm -hmm. you keep printing money, and the value of that money is gonna, or the value of the currency, I should say, is going to fall. If I bring another tray of Monopoly money to the Monopoly board, guess what? The prices on the board are gonna double. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. That's inflation. And so how do, we, how do we fight that? Well, if you're a saver, good luck because now you're going to be forced into investments. Do you want to be investing at the top of the everything bubble? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got the da you've got the everything bubble is bursting. I think the FTX thing is is a big burst, mm -hmm. you know, for for cryptocurrencies. It's one of the bursting. Um housing is another. You know, it it doesn't look so easy to sell property anymore and people are hurting. The countries that are de-dollarizing now. And and people are hurting because the interest rates keep going up. So you've got another market bubbling over there and how long can the stock market keep going up? And if you understand that, that a lot of it is from the central bank printing, pushing that market up, what happens when the central banks are raising interest rates mm -hmm. and not printing as much? So you've got to keep your eye on that, the everything bubble bursting. Um, and then we come to digital, the digital world itself of digitizing your wealth and seeing how that wealth disappears from that. Any last comments want to add on any of these, Jerry? This is why we're seeing the, the drain on the comics. We're seeing a huge gold withdrawal. Um, the ETFs, the gold ETFs, people don't believe in the ETFs uh, with, that are backed by gold. It's impossible to have that amount that amount of gold to back up the amount of ETFs in, in availability. So there's a massive drain out of the ETFs into physical the withdrawals are resuming. The vault totals in the comics are down below 24 million ounces for the first time since 2020. Investors are piling in. The silver demand is set to surge to a record 1.21 billion ounces. And this is the reason why Commerce Bank, which is a major bank in Germany, sees substantial upside for precious metals. He says one of the one of the analysts says for the silver ETFs, which don't count towards physical demand, the physical Silver is the supply is set to grow only by only two percent, but the silver market is therefore expected to show a physical supply deficit of 194 million ounces. This is 6,000 tons, and they see the supply and demand side for substantial upside in silver, and that's going to launch prices. The reports across the table, Jeremy. Precious metals are ready to explode. Yeah, the the upside's coming, and it could it could go to fifty dollars silver, whether it's next year or the year after. You're going to be looking at, in my opinion, triple digit silver at some point. Easy, I think gold can easily get above five thousand dollars an ounce. Maybe not next year, but it's coming. So 
Stick with it, guys, and keep stacking the number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, thank you so much for your insights. Thank you to everyone. Uh, hopefully, you you enjoyed this episode of the show, and just want to say thank you to all our new clients and all of our um, older clients as well. Great to chat with you every week. Great to chat with you, Jerry. And this has been another edition of the Real Money Show on AM six forty. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.